It's been so long since we last spoke, it's almost like, you know, I've lost touch with a good friend. Like, where have y'all been? What have y'all done for the past month? What have you, you know, have you missed me as much as I've missed you? That's the big question. That's what we, Maybe that's what we'll spend the next half an hour talking about. How much we missed each other. Now, nah, nah, we got to talk about the Saints. We got to talk about uh, division previews. What's up coming up for Datitude? All kinds of good stuff. I know you didn't come here to just talk about how much you missed me. But you can think about it while you listen to Phil. Coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends out there who have been wondering what I've been up to for the past month. I told you, you're wondering, you, you missed me. You got to be wondering. All right, maybe not. But I really did miss you guys. You know, it's funny. You have something that you do normally on a regular basis for you know, Friday after Friday. I mean, even in the off-season, we're doing this every week, every Friday. We're about to get back into the, the twice-a-week thing. And um, when you don't do it, the first couple weeks, you really, like, you feel like you're doing something wrong. And then, okay, well, this is all right. You know, I'm not working. And then you get back to work, and everything just is weird, and I don't know. What do you care? Maybe you do care. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just like Dan. It's been a really weird time. They, you know those, you know. I, I got to start off with the bitch session, right? Because I haven't been able to, to complain about anything to you guys in a while. But it's been definitely July has been one of those anything that could go wrong kind of months has most certainly gone wrong. And in case you don't know, I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times, speaking in the Advocate. And bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 158 for a very hot, scorching Friday, July 28th, 2023. Um, yeah, I mean, let's see. The, the dryer is, we're waiting to get the dryer fixed because the seven-year-old decided she was going to pull it down and dance on the door. Broke the hinge and you got to order the, the part special. You can't just go to Home Depot and buy a part for the hinge. Oh, no. You got to go to a specialty store and buy a specialty hinge. Um, would probably cost $3 to make. I don't know. My wife bought it. It probably cost 100 bucks. I don't know. I know it was what, more than 50 well, Let's see. Uh, dishwasher broke. Wife fi fixed that. Yeah, I am not a fixer at all. Not a fixer. If it comes with uh, electronics... I mean, as far as, like, things I can see or I have to press buttons to use it, I can probably fix that or get it to come back on. But, um, nah, if I can't talk into it or watch it, probably can't fix it. Uh, the pool. The salt, it seems like we have, a, we have a saltwater pool. It's a small little pool. It's, it's, 
really small actually, um, for a built-in pool. But we moved in, and they would heard how great it was to have a salt water pool. It's so much cheaper. You don't have to do any maintenance to it. You don't have to worry about putting, uh, do anything except, you know, every now and then in the summer, you got to pour a bag of salt in it. Well, that turned into having to have someone come out and clean it every couple weeks. Um, that turned into the salt cell that turns the salt into chlorine uh, breaking down about every two, three years, and that cost $400. And that turned into uh, a pump break, and that cost 700 bucks. That turned into the salt cell now breaks like every year or two because they don't make them the same way they used to, and I'm just sick of it. Like the salt cell broke again. I looked on Amazon when we bought it last. When it broke, it was a year and three days since we had bought the last one. So, yeah, that's how my July went. And then, you know, I'm told by people that would know these things that it's the hottest July. Oh, not just the hottest July. It's the hottest month in the history of the world. <laughs> All right. I don't know how much I believe that. But, okay. It was definitely hot. You know me, Nash Roberts Jr. over here. But we're five minutes and 20 seconds into this podcast, and I have yet to talk about a second of sports. Look, it's that time when, you know, I wrote the newsletter for bet.nola.com last night. And at the top of the news, really, is about Joe Burrow and his injury. And we were about to do Bayou Bets yesterday when the injury news came down. And you looked at it, and it was a non-contact injury. And Joe Burrow's just started hopping. He rolls out to his right and just starts hopping. And... Whenever you see that, whenever you see any kind of non-contact injury in football these days, you automatically go, uh-oh. And when you're talking about a superstar, it's like, holy bleep. Yeah. So that's what we thought at first. Didn't end up being that way. He got lucky. It's just a calf injury. He'll probably, I think for them to be cautious, he'll probably miss the rest of preseason. But it just goes to remind you, and I've said this forever, I mean, I say this all the time. I mean, long before I did a podcast. I mean, you talk about it and you think about it, and it just makes common, it's just common sense. The only good news that comes out of preseason is no news. You don't want to hear a single thing about any of your star players except Derek Carr threw a nice pass, Alvin Kamara made a nice cut, <clears throat> Michael Thomas is back on the field. Wait, what? Yeah, Michael Thomas is really back out on the field. He's really, like, playing football. Holy shiznit. Yeah, he really is. But those are the only kind, that's the only kind of news you really want to hear. You're a Saints fan. And so, you know, I'm looking at our own Rod Walkers out there today, and he's providing updates this morning. And uh, I am a little late getting the pod out this morning. It's, it's, I'm trying to get back in the flow, but I'm, I'm obviously having issues. But these are the kind of tweets. He's doing live tweeting updates from Saints camp today. There are fans out there, so he's allowed to do that. So these are the kind of tweet updates which are absolutely nothing. They're nothing. I'm reading, I'm like laughing. I'm like, he's just like typing just to type. I mean, here's some of the updates from this morning. The checking for passes is causing the bottleneck. So I guess it was rough getting out to Saints camp. Sorry, y'all. If y'all were, if you're listening to this on the way home, and you're hot and bothered and everything, and 
well, if that was the biggest negative coming out of today at Saints camp, great. So the checking for passes is causing the bottleneck. Rod also says, Trevor Penning was stretching today after being absent yesterday. That's big news, baby. That's the kind of news you want to hear from training camp from your favorite NFL team. Trevor Penning was stretching today. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. First play on day three, Marshawn Lattimore with the pass breakup on the pass intended for Michael Thomas. That's the kind of news you want. This like this nothing. Taryn Walk, Tulane football coach Willie Fritz is here at training camp, currently chatting with Saints coach Dennis Allen. And the last of Rod Walker's updates, I guess he gave up after this one. Oh no, wait, he's got one more after this. He just he just tweeted one. Lou Headley handling holder duties on Will Lutz field goals. DeMarco Jackson gets an interception on one play and then bats down a pass on the next. The interception came in a ball that Rashid Shaheed bobbled. That is the news coming out of Saints camp this morning. Exciting stuff. But that's what you want. You want boring-ass nothing news. Because it sure beats the news that went on in Cincinnati and even worse in Miami yesterday. Jalen Ramsey just got their brand new stud cornerback. Miami's going to contend for the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, right. Jalen Ramsey out for the season. Torn ACL. I mean, I didn't think they were contending. Look, I'm in the middle of my, not in the middle, I'm just beginning. My NFL previews. I didn't have, I'll spoiler alert, I didn't have Miami. A lot of people, it's trendy. It is so trendy. People just want to, people just pick stuff just to be different. And there are so many, not just Dolphins to win the AFC East, which they're not going to do. And this is before Jalen Ramsey got hurt. But there are so many trendy Miami Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. Are you insane? Go ahead, cut this piece of recording out and play it back at me in six months. I don't give a damn. Are you? If you think Miami's going to win the Super Bowl, just stop. I know you want to be different, and there's lots of ways to be different. You know how you can be different right now? Pick the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. No one's doing that except Bills Mafia. All of a sudden, the Bills are like, nobody even wants to pick the Bills to win the division. I'm not going to tell you who I'm picking. I'm not giving that much of a spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about the AFC South before we go today. Uh, I'm going to recap what I've run all week. By the way, go to bet.nola.com. You can go to either go to the website. You can go to our YouTube page. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to nola.com Twitter and find them all. You can go to my Twitter and find them all. But all of our previews are online uh, for the entire week. Uh, just finished the fourth one. We did the entire AFC South. We're doing one team a day. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, one week in August, I think it's the last week of the month, we're going to do two divisions in that week um, because I only had seven weeks. I started a week later than I did last year. So uh, one of the weeks we needed to do two. And the Saints, the NFC South will be the first week of September, first full week of September uh, when we wrap up the division, the, the team previews, excuse me, with the Saints on September 8th, two days before they're opener against the Tennessee Titans on September 10th in the 
Mercedes Benz. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's not Mercedes Benz anymore. Good, good Lord, I'll get in trouble for that one. The Caesar Superdome. It's because Caesar Sportsbook is the official uh, odds partner of bet.noah.com. I can't mess that up. But, you know, I just, it, I, I just think it's funny that everybody loves Miami. And, I mean, people even stop talking about the Jets as much. Now, the Jets are trendy, too, but at least they have Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to be a lot better. Um, I've told you this before. I think I told you this a month ago, or maybe I said it on Buy You Bets. I don't know, but I got them at 35-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Before Aaron Rodgers signed with him, I could see that coming down the pike. And um, I jumped on it. Do I think the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl? Probably not. But at 35-1, to 1, I think now... I looked yesterday, and I want to. It was definitely started with a one. It's something like sixteen or seventeen to one now. So those odds have been cut in half. I think when uh, Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets, it was like it went down to twenty-five to one, and it's since been dropping and dropping and dropping. So Saints steady at thirty-five to one. Got to tell you though, and again, I mean, I if there's one spoiler alert I'm going to give, we're going to be talking about the Saints on this show over the course of however many Fridays. Um, I, don't expe- I don't expect to take another Friday off the rest of the year, I don't think. Um, there may be one or two somewhere if the Saints have a weird week or something um, where we may move it to a different day or something. But, yeah, I, don't, I, think this, I think last Friday was the last Friday we'll have off all year. Um, and we're going to talk about our future plans for Fridays uh, coming up shortly. I'll save that for the end of the show. But we are going to have a little bit different structure. Obviously, we're not on live today. We usually do live on all of our NOLA.com stations and bet.nola.com stations. But uh, we've been doing enough live uh, video-wise with our previews, so I'm trying not to eat up all the airwaves. Uh, and so we're just doing a regular podcast from now, at least until the Saints start playing preseason games in a few weeks, we may go back live then. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, uh, you know, like I said, no news with the Saints is good news, and that's kind of where we are. Um, you know, you can go through all of our Saints stuff. And look, the Saints have a new podcast as well, uh, Saints Insider Podcast. My, our own Zach Ewing, who is is left bet.nola.com, we're kind of a rudderless ship at the moment as um as zach has moved over to the saints side moved to the dark side he is leading the uh the uh, the reporters over there at saints nation or whatever you want to call them uh and they have started their own podcast so you can check that one out the first one ran yesterday it's on youtube i'm not sure i have not asked zach if they're gonna uh run that in all the regular podcast places like we do here at datitude but um, check it out. It's all the Saints writers. But anyway, Jeff Duncan is going to be working with that. So it kind of takes him out of the mix for Datitude. So we're going to have someone else on Fridays. I'm going to tell you who it's going to be in just a little bit. I'm excited. Uh, I was ready to do the show by myself like I'm doing today and probably will do for the next couple Fridays um, because I didn't want to just throw someone on just to do it. Um, it it had to be someone that you guys respect. Um, I got a lot of, you know, people. a lot of people tell me, I love listening when Jeff Duncan's on, and I get it, because Dunk is all-knowing uh, when it comes to Saints. He is in the know. Um, but 
I have a little twist for you. So I think, you, I think you'll like who's going to kind of take Dunk's place. We're going to talk about it again at the end of the show. All right. Um, we've talked about Saints. I know it was only a little bit. It was only a few minutes, but really, that's kind of where we are. Um, again, the big news coming out right now is that Michael Thomas is back. And from everything I hear, I have not been out there yet. I do plan on going to Saints camp at some point um, in the next couple weeks. I'm going to do my best to get out there. Um, but from everything I hear, Michael Thomas, and look, they're just, they're not even running with pads. I think today was the first day they're working with any pads on at all. So it's hard to tell, but from everything I hear, Michael Thomas is looking, uh, pretty good. Like he's in uh, decent health. Uh, I think, I don't know if you guys saw Jameis Winston, like, uh, got a haircut and shaved all of his facial hair off. And he joked that he looked five years younger. It's no joke. Dude looks like he just got out of Florida State. So um, I, look, I've been, not been shy about my uh, praise for Jameis Winston over the, the past year and a half or so. It's funny because I didn't love the signing when they first signed him. And then I thought, um, you know, I just think he's got a bum, kind of got a bum rap. He's never had a real chance. I mean, he's not, of course not going to have a real chance now with Derek Carr in the fold. But you got to think the Saints have the best backup in the league. I think so. Um, interesting scenario. You could talk about maybe San Francisco, but they're a mess just in general because I don't know that they 100% understand what they want to do. Uh, San Francisco, it looks like uh, they want Brock Purdy to be the starter, but you can't interchange Brock Purdy and Trey Lance because they kind of don't. They're the two completely different quarterbacks. So... Everything I'm reading and looking at, unless I've missed it the last couple of days because I've been buried in the AFC South, so, you know, somebody might be screaming at their phones or their uh, iPads or whatever they're listening on. But it looks like Sam Darnold's going to start the season at quarterback until Brock Purdy's ready because they say he could be ready by week two, three, somewhere around there. So instead of throwing Trey Lance to the Wolves and running a different kind of offense than he's probably more geared for, and let's face it, Shanahan did, didn't want Trey Lance in the first place. That was forced upon him. So, anyway. I, I, you know, I digress, but I think the Saints are in a position to where if something would have happened to Derek Carr, and I love what the team has done to shore up the offensive line, uh, picking up a couple guards this week for depth, including Trey Turner, the former St. Augustine product and LSU uh, lineman, um, uh, that is fantastic for the Saints to have depth at, at guard. And I think that uh, this team, which ranked in the bottom probably six or seven, which is definitely something they're not accustomed to when it comes to offensive line. I mean, if you look at pro football focus, they were, I think, 23rd or 24th last year, at the end of last year. And they're still somewhere around the same number, but... I don't think they've taken into account the depth that they now have, and I think that will change once the season starts. And I, I, we talked about their odds, their overall win totals. You can get them at Caesars right now. I believe it is nine. It's either nine or nine and a half. Um, I think when the season starts, it'll be pretty much nine across the board. Um, odds of 35 to one to win the Super Bowl at Caesars. I've seen it. Most places, it's 40 to 1. 
So you can get a good bargain on the Saints. Um, I think they're plus 120 to win the division, which isn't great value. Um, I think the Saints are certainly the favorites to win the division. I don't know that that is good value. They're, they're minus 180 to make the playoffs. So Vegas thinks they're either going to win the NFC South or the NFC South is going to be much better than people expect, and they'll have a chance to win a wild card. And I agree with both of those things. The NFC South has the easiest schedule uh, in the league. It's kind of like the NFC East from last year. You know, people wonder, think about it last year. Washington, I believe, was 7-10 and 10 or 8-9, and nine, one of them. But they were the worst team. The Giants made the playoffs at 9-8. and eight. The Cowboys were, what, 12-5, and five, and the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and won the division? Yeah, they're not going to have that e- big, easy of a time this year because their schedule is much tougher. Now, I don't think the NFC South is necessarily going to have um, have it like the NFC East had it last year. I don't expect three teams from the NFC South to go to the playoffs. Playoffs. I, I had to do it. Um but I do think that the NFC South is going to be much better record-wise than people think they're going to be. I think there's an excellent chance two teams have a winning record in the NFC South. I think there's an excellent chance the winning team in the division has 11 wins. Um, and I think that it's possible that three teams in the division have a winning record. I don't think three teams are going to go to the playoffs. I'm not going to do it again. But I do think that uh, three teams could have a winning record. It won't be Tampa Bay, so there's your spoiler alert. Um, I'm very interested to see what Carolina is going to be. I think they're going to be much better. I just don't know how Bryce Young's going to be able to handle the pressure. Anyway, we'll talk more about the NFC South going forward. Again, that preview on bet.nola.com will not run until it's the last one. We always do it last. Um, the Saints are on the 8th, so going backwards, that means uh, the 5th for Atlanta. September 6th will be Carolina, September 7th, Tampa Bay, and then the 8th is the Saints. So we'll talk about more about that as going forward. And our new regular Friday guest will definitely be on by then. And it's someone that I'll give you a little hint before we uh, get to the AFC South because we've got about 10 minutes left in the show. A little hint. Our regular uh, Friday guest coming up who will begin probably the third or fourth week in August is someone who not only has covered the Saints regularly in the past and someone who worked at the Times-Picayune for quite a while now covers the NFL for a major publication. I pretty much gave it away. If you haven't guessed it by now, then... You probably, you can just hang on and wait. Pretty much tell you who's gonna, who it's going to be. All right, I do want to talk about the AFC South again. Um, all of our previews up on bet.nola.com and across all of our uh, social media platforms. I've done videos for each one of these teams. Uh, they're anywhere from 7 to 10 minutes long. Uh, I kind of go through the changes or, you know, what happened to them last year. Why are they going to be better or worse this year? And... Uh, then at the end, I give you a prediction and a best bet on the team. Three of the four teams I gave, my best bet was their over or under win total. One team, their best bet was winning the division. And I got to say, I have 
the the teams ranked in this order in the AFC South, and it's Jacksonville tentatively. I am not, and Jacksonville's the team that I said probably their best bet is to win the division at minus 175, and I don't love it. Okay, I don't love Jacksonville this year. I know people are super high on them, so what I was trying to do is I have noticed, and I went back and looked at my, my over-under picks from the past couple years. And overall, I've done fairly well. Two years ago, I did very well. Last year, we did well. Um, but that being said, I noticed if I picked an over for a team in 2021, I probably picked over again in 2022. And conversely, if I picked under in 2021, I picked under in 2022. So I kind of got a bias. Like I looked, I was dead wrong on Philadelphia last year. I'm just going to say that straight up. I mean, two years ago, I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Last year, I thought the Chiefs would, um, if you go back and look at the video from last year, I basically said that the Chiefs were my favorite to win the Super Bowl. And I know hindsight's 2020, but think about the Bills going into this year. People are jumping off that Bills bandwagon. Well, they were jumping off the Chiefs bandwagon this time last year. Okay? Their schedule last year, it was super tough. I said I thought they might struggle a little bit early and then go on a roll. Well, they didn't struggle early, and they did go on a roll anyway. Um, and I, So that's who I liked to win the Super Bowl last year, and they did. So I've been, I've, I was really right two years ago because the Rams were my number one Super Bowl pick. It was the only team I put a future on two years ago. So with that being said, I'm trying to get away from picking the same thing year after year for the same teams. Um, anyone who's listened to me knows that I like Tennessee, and I, partly it's because of Mike Vrabel. I like the way he coaches. I like his coaching style. I like the team style. It's kind of an old school. Derek Henry just runs it down your throat. Um, they went through a lot of issues last year. Malik Willis was obviously a terrible pick. Um, he's never going to be an NFL quarterback, and as a result, they used their second-round pick to take Will Levis early in the second round and probably got a bargain even though I don't like Will Levis either. But, I mean, considering where Will Levis was going to go, I guess it's a bargain. They don't have to worry about that yet because Ryan Tannehill is going to be their quarterback. So I still think the Titans are going to be battling with the Jaguars all year long. And, frankly, except for offensive line, I think the Titans are a, a, be a better football team and quarterback. I do think that... Lawrence is probably better at this point than Tannehill. But I don't love Trevor Lawrence like a lot of other people do, and I don't think just because they they went 9-8. and eight. It's not like they set the world on fire. I mean, people are like in love. That's another trendy pick, the Jaguars. And they love Doug Peterson because he's different. And he's one of these analytics coaches, and he won this, the Super Bowl with the Eagles. I just don't think they're as good. And look, I know Jacksonville's in a terrible division. They are. I mean, Indianapolis is awful this year. I mean, if Anthony Richardson's going to be your quarterback, and he may not start the year quarterback, but he's probably going to take the reins pretty early. But Indianapolis is a potential three-win kind of team. They won four last year. I think they're going to be worse. I don't know why anyone would think Indianapolis is going to be better. Jonathan Taylor's probably healthy. Um, and their O-line is okay, but I just don't think they're any good. I think they're worse than Houston. And Houston's probably a five-win kind of team. So those are my predictions 
for the bottom. I think Indianapolis wins three games, and I think Houston wins five. So take the under on both of those. So to me, that's four wins right off the bat for both Jacksonville and Tennessee. I think both of those teams win both all you know both games against those opponents. So can the Jaguars find six or seven other wins? Their schedule is is not super easy. I mean, it's technically it's ranked twenty third on my list, twenty third toughest, but I don't like the way it starts. Other than at Indianapolis in week one, <clears throat> excuse me, they go home. They play Kansas City. Okay, great. They're one and one. They host Houston. Okay, they're two and one. But then they go to London. Their their home stretch in London. They play Atlanta and Buffalo. Let's say they go one and one in those games, and they're three and two, and then they play Indianapolis, and they're four and two. Okay. That's best-case scenario. I'm not certain they're going to beat Atlanta. I'm really not. So let's, let's say they go 4-2. and two. Then after Indianapolis, okay, and they haven't, so other than London, which they're technically the home teams, they haven't gone to another NFL stadium since week one. But now they have to go to the Saints on a short week on a Thursday. Then they have to go to Pittsburgh. Then they have their bye week. So if we said that they were four and two, let's say they go one and one Saints and Pittsburgh, and that's being kind because they could easily lose both of those. And let's say they're five and three. I think they're going to be four and four. Then they have San Francisco, Tennessee, Houston, and a really tough stretch of Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Baltimore. Cleveland's going to be a team that I'm going to be higher on this year than most people. I just... That's why I say tentative when it comes to the Jaguars. I don't love Jacksonville. I don't I I have them winning the division, but of and I said this in the preview, of all the teams in the NFL this year, if I had to rank the top three or four teams toughest to predict going into twenty twenty three, the Jaguars would definitely be in my top three or four. I don't know what to expect from them. I don't know if they're gonna come out and continue their progress. I don't love their running back situation. They get Tank Bigsby, but, you know, and they have ATN back. But that's that's nothing special. Their O-line last year, I don't think that their O-line is really better. They lose Juwan Taylor and bring in Anton Harrison, you know? I just I don't think the Jags' offensive line's any better, and they were in the bottom 10 last year. So if they couldn't run the ball last year, that means Lawrence, who threw for 4,300 yards last year, is going to have to throw for at least that same number again this year. And he's got a really good receiving core, but I don't know that he can throw for 4,300 yards again. And he's certainly not going to take anyone by surprise. And it's a lot different. You know, you played... You went nine and eight playing what a last place schedule. Let's see if you can go ten and seven or eleven and six playing a first place schedule. Now you get all the first place teams in the AFC. Now, granted, you play the NFC South, which people say is easy. I don't think it's easy. I think Tampa Bay is semi easy, but I don't think playing Carolina and the Saints in Atlanta is easy. And I think Tennessee is going to be way better than anyone gives them credit for. So, you know, again, when you talk about Jacksonville 
and you look at their numbers, they were 10th in the league in passing yards per game, 14th in the league in rushing yards per game, and 10th in overall offense. But in, on the defensive side of the football, they were 28th against the pass, 12th against the run, and 24th overall. Now, that 12th against the run helps them because they have to stop a running game in Indianapolis and Jonathan Taylor, and they have to stop Derrick Henry in Tennessee. So that helps them in division play, but I don't know that that, you know, the 28th against the pass, good luck against Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and, you know, Josh Allen and Derek Carr, Brock Purdy, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's, it's, that's not easy. So I, I, think, I think this is going to be an interesting division to watch. I think it's a two-team race, and I think it's going to go down. Jacksonville plays at Tennessee in the last week of the season. That could be one of the biggest games of the year in the NFL. AFC South, it's going to be fun. Next week we've got the NFC West. Um, so that should be fun as well. Maybe not as fun because... I don't know that that's a two-team race. I know people love Seattle as I give spoiler alerts. Um, I am not a Pete Carroll fan. Anyone that knows me knows that. I mean, how could anyone be a real Pete Carroll fan, though? He made the worst call in the history of the National Football League. You're going to win the Super Bowl if you hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Plain and simple. Zero doubt. If you hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the two-yard line... I think even if you don't score, you're going to win. Eh, maybe not. You're probably not. But you're going to win. If you hand the ball to beast mode, just give him some Skittles and let him run. Nope. <laughs> you throw it and it's picked off by Russell Wilson. We didn't even get into the Sean Payton thing. Sean Payton. Look, I, I, I've never been the biggest Sean Payton fan in the world. Don't get me wrong. You got to give him credit where credit is due. And he took this, he and Drew Brees lifted this moribund franchise from the depths of hell out of Hurricane Katrina. It's kind of like winning a poker tournament, though, right? You got to be good and you got to be really lucky. And I think the Saints were both. The Saints had, Saints had no business winning just one Super Bowl under Sean Payton. Anyway. He's running his mouth over there in Denver <clears throat> talking about how they will do nothing like Nathaniel Hackett did it. They're doing exactly the opposite, and this team was terrible. Yeah, well, you know why it was terrible? Because your quarterback sucks. Russell Wilson is old and done. You, you coming in and being a quarterback whisperer is going to make him any less old and probably not going to make him any less done. Well, so let's see who you're talking crap about in a couple months. Because you're in a division. First of all, you're going to get smoked by Kansas City. I think Denver's lost something like 13 games in a row to Kansas City. It's something along those lines. And that ain't changing anytime soon. Because, let's face it, I don't think Sean Payton could beat Andy Reid anyway. So what makes him think he's going to beat Andy Reid in Denver with that group? 
I mean, what makes them special? And why would he talk crap? Why would you go piss off Robert Sala? Because the Jets are better than the Broncos right now. So I can't wait to see that in week five. And I can't wait to see. Is he going to keep running his mouth? I mean, if they're like two and five, and we're going to get to AFC West, that is week after next. So a week from Tuesday is when we do Denver. But is he going to keep running his mouth if they're like two and five? Or is he just going to bury his head in the sand and start chastising the Broncos reporters like he did here in New Orleans when they were seven and nine for three years in a row? It's going to be an interesting scenario. You can't talk bad about Sean Payton, Derry. We love Sean Payton. Don't ever say anything. You can't say anything bad about Sean Payton or Drew Brees ever. Yeah, okay. They're gone. They're never coming back. I can say whatever I want. Guess what? You don't win Super Bowls by yourself, and Sean Payton certainly proved that because, I mean, think about it. He had teams that were better than that 2009 team. They had at least two teams that were better than the 2009 team. The 2011 team was definitely better than the 2009 team. The team that got screwed in the no call was better than the 2009 team. The Minneapolis Miracle team was probably better than the 2009 team. Now, you know, the Minneapolis Miracle, and everybody wants to talk about that one play and it's BS and whatever, and it's luck. But just think about how the Saints started in that game. What were they down? Like, I don't know. It was something like 13 to nothing or I don't know. It was some, it, They played awful in the first half of that game. I don't remember exactly what the score was. Should have never been in that position. Coaching. It's a lot of coaching. Should have been ready for it. Played scared. Played like crap. And then Drew Brees turned on, flipped on the light switch, and they started playing football. Too late. Should have never been in that position. Anyway, I digress. I just think it's funny that Sean Payton is talking a whole lot of smack, and I'm not sure why. But we'll talk more about that as we go along. Again, AFC West coming up in two weeks. Next week, NFC West. All right, my little announcement before I go bye-bye for the day. Told you that we're going to have someone new filling in. Again, if you weren't, if you're just kind of jumping around and you missed it, I can't say if you... If you just joined us, because this isn't live, so obviously you didn't just join us. But if you've been clicking around and didn't hear it or didn't weren't paying attention or whatever, but Jeff Duncan is, um, he may be on here and there sparingly uh, throughout the course of the football season, but it's definitely not going to be like last year where he was on every Friday. So I needed a new regular Friday guest with him, <clears throat> with Dunk having new uh, Saints duties. Uh, they are starting their own podcast, Inside Saints Podcast, on the New Orleans Saints NOLA.com YouTube channel. I know that is a mouthful, but you can find it. They had their first one yesterday. Um, but going to join me for most of the season as a, mostly a regular, from what I understand. It, it's, it, this is our plan, anyway, that he's going to come on pretty much every Friday during football season. I think it's going to start... Uh, either the third or fourth week of August. So either the, the I think we're going to start it, I don't know, sometime during the Saints preseason, Larry Holder is going to come on, my old buddy. My, you know, and I, I can't believe he agreed to it because all the 
the roasting I've done of Larry Holder over the years. Um, you know, when, when he had his show, Duncan Holder, and he and Jeff Duncan were together, and I got to fill in, yeah, it was kind of interesting. And then back when I, when I took over his, uh, kind of his show, Saints Black and Gold Today, I uh, did that for a year in 2015, and I would have him on on Fridays, and we'd make our picks. And then, yeah, I kind of gave him a little grief. So it, it's going to be fun. And so uh, Larry's going to come on, and it won't be just Saints. Um, obviously, my monologue will be focused on the Saints uh, on what I think is going to happen that week. We're still going to have Uncle Big Nick on, and, and Uncle Big Nick is going to make predictions with me on Fridays. But Larry will come on, and we'll talk about the Saints, but we're also going to talk about whatever is coming up in the NFL that weekend. So the big games of the week, it's not just going to be Saints um, like it was last year. Now, Monday will pretty much, my Monday show is going to be mostly just me. Um, I will have guests sporadically. Um, I'll have guests probably averaging every other week. Um, and all my friends from across the New Orleans media, Doug Mouton's been coming on, Garland Gillen. Um, I'll have Mike Triplett here and there. I'll have people from, from our end, from... From NOAA.com will we'll come on here and there. Rod Walker, uh, Luke Johnson. Uh, I'm sure Zach Ewing will come on here and there. Um, and across the entire New Orleans media spectrum. Th th that will be on Mondays along with my Darius Dime. But on Fridays, we're going to do more of not just Saints. It's going to be kind of a look ahead to the NFL weekend. And I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. It's kind of what I intended for this podcast to be in the beginning. Um, of course, with with my flair and my attitude. With that being said, we're going to say goodbye for this week. It is good to be back. Um, and so when I was thinking about the song for the... Well, it was pretty easy. I, I mean, I literally went and just got it. I mean, sometimes it takes me 15, 20 minutes to figure out what my song is. Not today. I just went and grabbed it, got it. Here it is. So I'm glad to be back. Um, I am not Gabe Cotter. Um, and you are most certainly not John Travolta, most likely. But it's good to be back. And uh, I think that's it. No more Fridays off for a while. We hope you enjoy the ride. And we thank you for joining us back here in Datitude. Next week, we'll be giving you an update on what's going on in Saints training camp as they get ready. As they get ready for their first preseason game coming up in two weeks. And we'll be reviewing the, or I guess previewing should be the way we say. We'll be previewing the NFC West and give you our predictions there. I'm sure that one's going to be tough. We'll see you next Friday. Everybody have a great week. Peace and love, my friends. And I know what a you were learning in. Was there something that made you come back again? And what could ever lead you? What could ever lead you? Welcome back. Welcome back.